Welcome to All Things Terror. Welcome to All Things Terror. I'm Emily. I'm Jennifer. And this is a researched, more or less weekly podcast where we tell you stories from science, history, and true crime that will keep you up at night. Spook you out. Is that a new thing now? Spook out. Ah, uh, spook out. Do, 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 do. There's ghosts. And ships. Spook out. Do, 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 do. <laughs> There's poop. And werewolves. Spook out. I mean, you had me at ghosts and chips, and then you lost me at poop and werewolves. <laughs> I'm just trying to hit all the highlights of uh, all things terror. Poop. <laughs> fictional creatures, people that disappear, birds. Uh, um, sa Satan. Satan, animals, people disappearing, you know. The classics, really. Regular old Tuesday. <laughs> Speaking of regular old Tuesday, I'm starting to lose my sense of days. Oh, yeah, it's it's gone. It's gone. We're still under uh, COVID uh, isolation as we record, dear listeners. Yeah, the the only thing that keeps me checking the calendar at this point is trying to figure out which Wednesday is trash day or trash and recycle day. I, so where my house is, I keep, I have like a really long, instead of a yard, it's essentially just like a huge driveway. And I keep my trash and my recycling at the end of it so when i take trash out i have to walk far but i just leave the cans where they have to be picked up so i genuinely don't know when my trash day is <laughs> that's um i'm a little bit jealous it's because kind would... of the best idea i've ever had i can't leave trash cans out the uh, hoa would start sending me very ugly letters about how I left my trash can out. Yeah, I mean, see, if you're just poor and you don't live somewhere that's nice, nobody really gives a shit what you do. How do you know I'm not poor? God. Because you have an HOA. <laughs> that's, like, pretty much all of Texas, though. <laughs> like, all of Texas is an HOA. I feel like I'm one of the people that HOAs try to keep out of neighborhoods. <laughs> Like, that bitch leaves her trash cans out. Clearly, we can't have her in our neighborhood fucking up our property values. Uh, I really also am kind of like, listen, my dog poops in an area that I don't go to, and I don't pick it up all that much. I feel like if someone is walking and creeping on that part of my lawn, it's not even a lawn, it's just a bunch of rocks, then they deserve to step in dog poop. It's like a creeper deterrent in my mind. Well, that's a good segue, because we already got poop. <laughs> oh, no. We got poop out of the way. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, lots of poop talk. I always fall right into that trap. So, uh, my cat went to the vet again, emergency vet, but he seems to be doing better. Um, you know, I know when we first talked about starting this podcast, we are like, we're not going to ask for money, but now I feel like I have to ask for money just to fund Kobe. <laughs> I, yeah, our pets have become million-dollar pets. I know. I, I'm dead broke already because of this last trip. Yeah. Um, for the record, uh, vet costs are ridiculous, people. Just for, like, some antibiotics and some fluids and blood tests, I had to pay, like, 
more money than I actually had in my bank account today. <laughs> yeah, but I the one thing that I kept thinking, like, I had to take my cat to the emergency room recently, and I had to get him antibiotics and prescriptions and fluids and stuff. And it was crazy expensive, but I just kept thinking that, like, if this was an uninsured person, this would be, like, ten times the cost. Oh, my God. Yeah, you would just... You would just be like, well, I am living in indentured servitude over this debt. Yeah, you basically. you would never get out out of it. Indentured servitude is a great uh, comparison. Thank you, history class. <laughs> I appreciate my time that I spent learning about indentured servitude. I feel like we often, whenever we do a story from the past, we're like, why didn't we learn about this in school? So I'm happy that we get to go the other way around and go, I did learn about indentured servitude in class. <laughs> it was a thing. Oh, okay. Uh, my computer keeps shutting off here. I'm sorry. So I gotta wiggle, wiggle my mouse, wiggling Good. it. So um, besides catching an old-timey disease, uh, what is something that could actually happen to you in modern times that you are afraid of my house burning down okay fair and i do live in an old house that is literally sinking into the ground so maybe it's sinking into the ground and or catching it on fire i mean those are both realistic options for this house <laughs> <laughs> um anything else um i mean you could get in a car accident pretty easily i feel like that happens a lot yep you could get a new timey disease, as we've a new timey disease as quarantining us right now. <laughs> <laughs> I always think about stuff like so car accidents is definitely up there. Um, driving in Austin is basically <laughs> tempting fate every day <laughs> that I'm in a car. Uh, and and there's no way around it. If you're in on a bicycle, you're tempting fate. If you're walking, you're tempting fate. Yeah. Uh, if you try to take public transportation, you're tempting. It's just mass chaos out here, people. Um. So that's a big one for me. I also have like, and I blame Donnie Darko for this, but like something falling out of an airplane and landing on <laughs> on top of my house. You know what? That does. I we should blame Donnie Darko for that. Yeah, it was it was really never something I thought about until that movie happened, and I was like, "Shit, that could happen." Um, but didn't they also have something like a plane exploding or colliding with? Yes, and a plane colliding with another plane. Uh, in um, Breaking Bad. Yeah. So just things that are unnatural objects falling. Out of the sky upon my house. About like lampreys. Yes, like lampreys. <laughs> except I would be less upset about the lampreys. Throwing it all the way back. <laughs> <laughs> the earliest days. Yeah. But um, you know we there are very real things in this world that pose threats to us, and um, they cause all kinds of strange anxieties. You and I particularly belong to a generation of people that have high anxieties about basically everything. I constantly, never stopping. How do we ever sleep? We oh wait, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the late nineteenth uh, century and early twentieth century also had uh, people feeling anxious about certain things. 
and I'm going to tell you about a common fear, and the story um, that is sort of like the Hallmark story, as an example of this, is the story of Eleanor Markham. Have you heard of Eleanor Markham? No, I haven't. I was sitting here trying to think of what it could be. Well, um, Eleanor had called the family doctor, uh, a one Dr. Howard, which could not be any more of a doctor name than that. I, I just don't know. Yeah. Very, very, very doctor name. Uh, so the family physician's name is Dr. Howard. She called upon him the way that people called upon people in those days and complained of having um some heart troubles like uh like flutterings or something of the heart and she had been getting weaker and weaker over the span of two weeks now eleanor was born in 1872 and she was 22 years old at the time that she was pronounced dead. Whoa, that escalated quickly. Have to get have to get through the dying part. <laughs> um, she died on seven eight, eighteen ninety four. So my birthday is July 9th, Just so everybody knows, I'll accept uh, all kinds of birthday wishes on that day. So she died a day before my birthday, mm. and the old timey passed. And then she became you, right? Yes, yeah. I, I'm actually a reincarnated. Form. I've been reincarnated a lot. <laughs> so, the family, um, of course, very distraught about this, uh, decided because the weather was warm, because it's July, mm-hmm. um, they decided that they're going to try to do the burial quickly uh, because, you know, again, we're in the late 19th century, early 20th century. Um, air conditioning really wasn't a popular thing at the time or even refrigeration so it's not like you could even put the body somewhere yeah it's just gonna be a really stinky rotting meat very quickly real real gross real fast yep so this is where there are conflicting reports so i'm just gonna uh indicate to you guys i'm gonna trust the primary source material and ignore the other stories from the secondary sources so the family decided to go ahead, bury her quickly, and on July 10th, so basically two days after she died, in the morning, they fastened the coffin lid after the family had time to spend time with her body and say their goodbyes. So, from what I understand, an assistant, James Boyle, was helping carry the coffin and he stopped the other person from carrying out the coffin uh because he had heard a noise in the coffin no and i'm going to quote this from the newspaper article because it is the most hilarious way to tell someone to shut up ever (laughs) which is you shut your flannel mouth will you said the undertaker, who, however, did not himself seem in good form. (laughs) What? You shut your flannel mouth? I have no idea what that means, 
and I love it. I didn't. <laughs> I know. Like, it, is that some type of secret insult? Ugh, gosh, I really hope it's not racist. But when I read it, I was just like, "Your flannel mouth, Your really? Flannel mouth? I have no idea what that means. But seriously, I love it. I feel like that, like today it would be like you shut your polyester combination nylon mouth. Oh my Emily. gosh. Shut your flannel <laughs> mouth. Um and then to that uh the assistant replied, "She is alive as sure as there is a god in heaven." Oh jeez. Don't you hear her knocking? Uh, creepy, creepy. And I guess, like, the at this point, the Undertaker is like, and this is another quote, the Undertaker goes, let us carry her as far as the hearse anyway and not create a scene that may be absurd and unnecessary. In my mind, for some reason, I'm just picturing that the uh, Undertaker guy, the one who said, shut your flannel mouth, is hungover. <laughs> right? He's just like, oh god, I can't deal with the shit today. <laughs> I just need to get inside where it's dark. <laughs> so, um, at this point, according to the newspaper, the family had sense there was something going on there was too much talking not enough putting the coffin in the hearse kind of situation oh my god that's so, a sentence i hope never to hear again in my life too much right. talking not so, enough putting the coffin in the hearse <laughs> so they got over there and i guess like um this these primary sources the problems with them is they omit things especially if you're relating relying on newspaper articles so what i'm assuming is that the relatives overheard the conversation and james boyle the assistant let them know that he thought they were alive or something either way they were like insisting that they open the lid of the coffin and they did and what do you think they found I don't know if I'm hoping more that she is alive or that she isn't. What do you think they find? Um, a squirrel inside the coffin. It was Emily all along. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> and not a squirrel in the coffin. What they found is that there was a very, very alive Eleanor Markham in the coffin. Oh my god. And she was reported to have said, My God, where am I? You are burying me alive. To which Dr. Howard, who is in the area, is reported to have said, Hush, child, you are all right. It is a mistake easily rectified. What? She's like, yeah, because I got out first. <laughs> yes. Oh, hush. It's not a big deal. This happens once, twice a week. <laughs> <laughs> no big deal. Whatever. Yeah. What are you so worked and... up about? God. <laughs> so at that point, um, basically, she had fainted and they gave her stimulants <laughs> of some type. To help her, you know, get resorted out and back in the human world. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and uh, I love this. I love this part. So she had had told them, and this is a quote from, uh, supposed to be from Eleanor Markham, and this is documented in a book called 
premature burial burial gosh premature burial can you tell how like there are moments that my southern country just pop out and i can't Mm -hmm. i I like i can't control (laughs) yep premature burial and how it might be prevented by william Tlebe, i think is his name how it honestly might be prevented Yes, how it might be prevented. Oh, no. I know. So, um, in this book, um, it quotes Eleanor saying, I was conscious all the time you were making preparations to bury me. Oh, no. And the horror of my situation is altogether beyond description. Yeah. I could hear everything that was going on, even a whisper outside the door. And although I exerted all my willpower and made a supreme physical effort to cry out, I was powerless. At first, I fancied the bearers would not hear me, but when I felt one end of the coffin falling suddenly, I knew I had been heard. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So that is apparently what she said of her experience being almost buried alive. That is absolutely a nightmare situation. I know. I mean, um, the idea of locked-in syndrome terrifies me, but the idea of, like, being conscious and on the way, like, you can hear yourself on being taken to the graveyard, like, that's got to be unnerving. Well, or just being in a situation where, like, you're frozen and you can't move, like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, there is a, one positive note about this story beyond the fact that, that she survived beyond the the fact that she survived <laughs> her whole ordeal and more or less it seems like she's pretty much not very traumatized i mean is that damn girl <laughs> um well her heart problems never came back what <laughs> yeah so after she fake died because of her heart thing um she never had those the dr howard described it as flutterings again was she just like having a panic attack and they're like well now you're dead (laughs) (laughs) maybe (laughs) but that is the story of eleanor markham and i think it's kind of interesting because that was a real anxiety during that time and you know they're they're even like um like it's so pervasive in human history they're even like graves built built with bells so that should you have been buried alive you could like ring the bell oh my gosh to indicate that like hey i'm alive in here damn it (laughs) yeah what is that saying um is it dead ringer like that's where that comes from oh yeah uh is from a dead quote-unquote dead person ringing a bell are you googling that now Uh, no but (laughs) i can i should Instead of just being like, that's what this means. Um, but yeah, it's not it's not actually an uncommon problem either. Now, I just in my research, because I knew I know some pretty good like buried alive stories, but the Eleanor one has always been very interesting to me. And like I said, it's like a benchmark story. Um, but I was just trying to see if there's anything out there else that I was like super interested in. And there is this one story where somebody was buried and there's, like, a kid near the grave, 
and like the person started like talking or screaming or something and they could hear the person underneath the ground and it really like fucked up the kid about it oh my god that is so scary <laughs> and then like of course it yeah was that kid supposed to think like that's a zombie and it's coming out of the coffin to get me all right well i will say dead ringer is a wrong one dead ringer comes from horses but people often say dead ringer is a thing um graveyard shift though as being like the night watch uh is another one and i've heard saved by the bell is one but i've this one website is telling me that it has to do with boxing but i've been told that saved by the bell comes from this so you know what fuck people who lie to me saved by the bell originating from burying people alive is way more fun i agree and I'm just always going to think about that TV show with that context now. (laughs) (laughs) I was not planning that, but I like it very much. Yep. So I know it, this one was a short one, but it's also kind of a fun one and a little bit, you know, uplifting. Eleanor lived and she never had her heart problems again. Yeah. That's not where I thought this was ending. I thought you were then going to tell me like all the numbers of people who were buried alive and how terrible it all was. And that was kind of a nice one. But it does remind me like when I was a kid, I used to have this toy box that like my grandparents or something had custom made for me. It had my name on it and everything and I could fit inside of it. And I had gotten into it, closed the lid, and I told my brother and sister for some reason to lock it. <laughs> I guess because I just wanted to see, see what, would happen, what it was like. Yeah. yeah, and I was expecting them to be there and then <laughs> unlock it, but what happened instead is that they just left, and I was trapped in that thing for like 30 minutes. <laughs> and I was like screaming, kicking, I was, you know, whatever... Um, deity i could come up with i was like let me out of here and it took forever and i can't remember who it was exactly it may have been my dad but finally my dad heard me and pulled me out of that uh let me out of that toy box and ever since then i held like a grudge against that toy box like it was the toy box's fault (laughs) i mean ultimately it was my fault because i trusted my brother and sister not to be children and run off and you are obviously um not the oldest because as the oldest i can tell you like yeah of course i'm just gonna i i am the oldest you're not the oldest are you Yep, I am the oldest. Oh man, no wonder that we're always threatening murder. Clint's the oldest too. Three, three <laughs> oldest. That's a dangerous combination. <laughs> There's a lot of competition going on right now. <laughs> we are all gonna end up like that um, bit from The Office when they're doing um, the fake movie, and all three of us are just gonna be pointing guns at each other. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. That that's definitely like older older sibling problems. Yeah. <laughs> well, luckily, three. Maybe it's good for this podcast that we're all the oldest because that means we're all right. <laughs> <laughs> we're all the responsible ones. Oh my god, Emily, if you're the responsible one. <laughs> I mean, yeah. See, <laughs> I started <laughs> I started this podcast by saying that I don't actually know what day my garbage collection is. <laughs> 
Uh, well, on that note, goodbye forever. Goodbye forever. All Things Terror is written, recorded, and produced by two amateurs, Jennifer and Emily. Our sound editor is Clint. Intro music is by Cosimo Fogg. Come chat with us on Twitter at All Things Terror or Instagram at All Things Terror Podcast. Ask nicely and we'll probably send you a really cute sticker. If you like this podcast, tell a friend or write a review. It really helps us and helps more people find us. Goodbye forever.